Welcome back. Everybody, welcome back from the dark times. Everybody move to the music. No? No. I was inspired. Your inspiration was out of place because I was about to lament the unfortunate hiatus that we took. Well, that's kind of going to feel weird, though, because the hiatus... Didn't, didn't exist. happen it didn't before exist. this comes out. <laughs> yeah. That happens before last month's. <laughs> well, maybe we should just make everybody else wait a month to catch up with us then. <laughs> so that they can well, understand my pain. Because what is this podcast about if not me? Yeah, we should just, you know what? We're not even going to do the other three episodes of September. We're just going to delete those. Yeah. I'm just going to delete them from the hard drive. Start fresh in October. That's yeah, no, it sounds reasonable. So you definitely mm-hmm. didn't hear anything last month. Yep. <laughs> I am unhappy. We are making it your problem. That's the motto of 2020. <laughs> I think I, I I like to think that we started that trend though. We we definitely made what 2020. <laughs> no, no, making our problems other people. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm willing to take that one, but I'm not going to take 2020. <laughs> That's not on me. We we may not have published yet but we had definitely recorded making it other people's problems before the crap hit the fan yeah at which point we just continued to make a bad situation worse that's uh well yeah i mean once the crap's rolling you just make like a stink bug and do it too right you're kind of losing your the track of your analogies there isn't it crap when the crap hits the fan and rolls downhill you make like a bug is that the general (laughs) gist of what you're trying to you're trying to get across yeah it was Sounds like it was pretty clear. All yeah, right. Sounds like you got it. <laughs> okay. That must be one of those regional sayings that we don't have here. But Yeah. Right. What, was, what was that one that Sophie had the other day? <laughs> oh, the deep in the Kalima of something. Oh, yeah. Deep in the oh, Kalima yeah. of research, for example. And I was like. What? <laughs> the Kalima of research? No, mm-hmm. Sophie. No one says that but the 12 people around you. Yeah, no one. <laughs> Uh, I looked it up online, and if it's not referring to Kalima or Makali, the goddess of death in uh, one of the Eastern religions, I want to say Hindi. I could be wrong, or Hinduism. Uh, but Kalima is also a, some kind of uh, like Islamic teachings or something. Huh. I mean, so maybe, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, she was using it yeah. to mean in the thick of things. Yeah, yeah. No, she. I'm pretty sure she's just misremembering something, but trying to work very hard to convince other people that it's it's legit. Or someone else did that to her, and she bought oh, into it her whole life. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's happened to me. Because yeah, no, she's not a stupid person by no. any means. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Well, we as consummate professionals mm-hmm. are right on track. We have never missed a step. And so we are definitely going to dive right into adventure. Us- oh, wait, is that right? I'm pretty feels- sure that, yeah, we start at the end and then we work our way back to the to the top. Like food. Start from the bottom. Started from the bottom, now we're here? Yeah. And that, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Well, I think um, I'm mixing up the analogies now, though, so. Probably. You're also banging into your stuff over there. Oh. <laughs> which, which now yeah. I can actually hear instead of just getting surprised by it in the recording. There later. it is. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you took the time to point it out so that you have to either work around it in editing <laughs> or just include the mishap right in there. 
what the better thing here is just to delete the actual mishap and skip right to you saying now you have to work around it or yeah <laughs> that way people have no clue what's going on and we are just getting a kick out of it because ultimately yeah. this isn't for anybody else not a single person just definitely not it's a verb <laughs> that that person no <laughs> oh. no oh. that 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 phantom who breezes in once in a while sows discord but cha and moves on yep yeah <laughs> Didn't that person used to do a random verb of the week at one point in the distant recesses of history? Maybe. Maybe we should replace that with, with Sophie's Okieism of the week. <laughs> Just make up something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should. We'll grab like a word from a random culture that's nowhere in the state that she's from. Like suddenly it's uh, indigenous Australian sayings that they just use on a regular Is basis. Is there a random, complicated oh word God. generator? I'll leave that to you to look for it, but I bet you there is. I mean, it's the internet. Oh, there it is. Auto-completed for me. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Hey, random word generator with definitions. Random long word generator. Hey, let's see what that's got. Oh, extemporaneousness? Come on. That's not the kind of nonsense we're looking for. We're not looking to make this educational, are we? Hypercatalectic. Oh, <laughs> Most cats would be hyper if you electrified them. I would imagine. Is that what that means? Is having an extra. Don't look it up. At the it's end it of absolutely verse? is. What extra? What at the end? Of the extra verse? syllable at the end of a verse. Oh wait, there's a unique button. What does that give me? Yachtsmanship. Yachtsmanship. That's, I don't like this generator has errors. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, as soon as I click the button, that's what I get. <laughs> Yachtsmanship. Right. It generated errors. There we go. But I bet you you could generate a verb. If we had to get back on topic, you know, if we were forced to get back on topic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should do that. We are recording after I could, all. I could, Fine. I could sense you kind of drifting away. Oh, yeah. Drifting away. If there's one thing I recognize, it's this. It's the sensation of someone just drifting out of the conversation. Mind you, it's usually me. So it takes one to know one. All right. Your random verb of the week, sponsored by It's a Verb, is... Score. 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 Perfect timing as football just started, even though this is a month later. Okay, I was absolutely not thinking about sports. I was thinking about uh, the prisoner scored another line to de- to denote another day spent in the dungeon. Was the prisoner Edric the Bard? It's someone who Edric knows. It's someone who's plotting Edric's downfall because he took the fall for one of Edric's crimes. Oh, no. So somebody that he used to know? Just somebody that he used to know. <laughs> Maybe. Excellent. That's, uh, it's something. that's how we do that. That's right? something. There you go, <laughs> listeners. That's what you, that's, we right give you what track. you tune in for every week. Never miss a beat. Oh, we are so good. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us what we're talking about this month, I, Monkey? Under the best of circumstances, I typically don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. That's on me. I I don't know why I tossed that ball to you. Something about uh, constructing planets. Yes, we're talking about Captain Planet. Mm. Because he is our hero. I thought it was the Magratheans from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The little (laughs) ones who appear as mice, the ones that constructed the planet Earth. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I actually knew what you were talking about right away. I was like, oh yeah, them. Yeah, it works, man. It works. Oh, 
world building. No, but we are talking about world building. World building. And uh, everything that goes into it, but not necessarily diving super deep on any one thing, you're going to get... Today we're going to talk about how and why you might build your own world and what that means. Because as I started thinking about it, world building isn't just create your world from scratch. Right. No. But there's also... You know, if, if you're going to do that or if you're going to modify something, there's also the idea of why are you using it? Why do you need to change it? What is the purpose of it? So we'll cover that next time and how that impacts your, some of the choices you can make. And then we'll talk about, you know, creating your own people and places. And then we'll kind of wrap it all up with how do you go about using the world to inform your stories and vice versa. And kind of throughout the whole process, how each decision you make can kind of reverberate in both directions on this scale and you can start anywhere in the process so we're going to pick go this direction you don't have to go this direction you can go any direction yep so why don't you start king monkey by telling us why you might engage in your own world building because you don't have the money to afford the official setting material that is that that is a good way since since officially you don't acquire anything that isn't free Correct. Without paying. That's right. None of us do that. I'm just making sure that is the official stance of RPGX Radio. We never acquire things that aren't already free without paying for them. It's true. Uh, Being a bit flippant about it, but honestly, back in the day, homebrewing was kind of what we did um, for playing D&D when I was young, when like around about high school time. We still had high schools back then. Um, but we did not have a gaming shop for the longest time. You only had like a couple of modules here and there that would sort of float with someone's brother into town. Um, and you didn't, we didn't have access to, uh, Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance books or Greyhawk, you know, the three main settings that were available at the time. Um, right. so we just by default started doing our own settings and then eventually our own world building. The other, I think nowadays, the prime thing, because most people have access to the internet, you have access to enough detail about enough settings. The why of it becomes you have a specific intention in mind or a story type in mind that you want to explore in your world. You want to create something, uh, maybe not unique, but uh, customized to you. Right. Because as you pointed out, even there are settings already out there, but they're designed to tell the stories that they have been built for sort of the process we're going to explore a bit here or or at least they're built around certain themes if not stories right right? well and even just even just like where locations are in the world as it is sort of grows up because they're telling certain stories oh they're going to travel to this place okay where is that well now we need a place like that in the world that could be up here and so there's a lot of back and forth. Y'all, we're going to put a forest here. Oh, I need that forest gone. Okay, well, there was an event. So they build all that into it. And if you're willing and able and want to put the time and effort into something like that, you can learn a lot that's already baked in. You have a lot of details. But world building isn't always just creating a setting from nothing, even though that's mostly what we're going to focus on through this series. It also can just be, I like the Pathfinder setting, right? but I don't like this city here and this city here. I want them to be within 
two miles of each other. Right. That is a form of world building itself because you've taken something and changed it. Now, it's not the setting as it was. Or maybe you add a city or maybe you add a, a dragon who's built up their own horde. World building is just the process of creating something that goes into a setting. Yeah. And by that process, you have to think about how what you do impacts other things. Mm -hmm. Again, other stuff that we're going to talk about. Right. And some of the reason you do that could be like what King Monkey said, where you, you, you need, you need a place to play and you don't have access to an official one. It's a very common one. Instead of just, you walk into a tavern, then you travel three miles South to the other town. You, you, Put a little more into it, and you travel through the haunted forest to the city of the elven forest city of. It's always an elven forest city, right? Yeah, they live in forests pretty much, uh, pretty much exclusively. Uh, well, <laughs> except for sure that's right. Except for the uh, the BDSM elves who live underground, but <laughs> it's something yeah, else. For a second there, I thought you were making a new sub race of elves. No, no. <laughs> I was I like, was wow, not. yeah, they, those elves were. By themselves a little too long, they are now the leather mm -hmm. elves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, you, that's exactly right. You can also do it, I think, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, and what I'm doing currently in one of my campaigns, mm -hmm. you, you have an idea of a story that created a big change in the world. And so you kind of, you reverse engineer where the world was, while you also engineer and create in your mind, okay, well, what are the aspects that are happening now and how did it get there so you have a specific story or setting in mind and you're building a world to suit that right okay but anything between there any any of that whether it be i have a story i want to tell and it requires something unique mm -hmm. to i just don't i just can't buy an actual setting so i'm using my brain to make something up as i go anywhere along that spectrum works yeah and it's all world building and it's all valid and none of it makes you a better or worse world builder for engaging in it on a smaller or larger level. I would say that any degree of world building is an exercise in, in imagination and ultimately that can only be a positive. Definitely. As you and get better at your creative craft. While world building can start as an individual sort of thing, I'm going to say that it should never be totally individualized if you build an entire world by yourself with all the stories and you're just kind of expecting players to follow the tracks that you've set out that's a novel and you should write that yeah you definitely should do that but if you're doing it for an rpg which is a lot of our focus mm -hmm. <laughs> on rpgx radio uh, we should put know, it in the name in fact it, it might be maybe we should you know, set it out, role-playing Role-playing games. games Xing, the Clear Communication Podcast. <laughs> Communication, a role-playing-inspired podcast presented by RPGX Radio. Clear-playing, a Role-X gaming radio station. Hmm. And we've actually been engaging in world-building <gasps> from the beginning. No! I, it, it surprised me, too. Remember? <laughs> You're... Your clever scheme is at last coming to fruition. I definitely planned for this exact moment from day one. Actually, I can't yeah. say that. Well, 
Because true. I did eventually plan to talk about world building. I thought it'd be cool to use those as examples. I never yeah. actually expected us to link all of them together like we have. Which yeah, is that just kind of cool. just happened on the fly. Honestly, though, I got to say, world building, I've been doing that ever since I've been playing role-playing games, whether it be fantasy or science fiction or somewhere in between. I've been doing world building for, what, some 30-odd years now. It, it is Oof. probably my favorite part of the game, sometimes even more fun than actually playing so it can definitely be fun and and i think it's even more fun when you start a custom world or a custom area in a world and then as your players are going through it they're adding to it even directly by saying oh wouldn't it be cool if this was a thing that happened in this area or hey is there anything of this kind of thing going on so like is there a thief guild or what if the mm-hmm. thieves guild was actually in charge and it was the nobility that are trying to subvert them and you know little things like that where you're they give you an idea and even if you don't yeah. use it exactly it's taking their idea taking their characters and using that to kind of bake stuff into the world yeah. i have a yeah. player in my my custom game who is an elf who's very into humans and has had many human husbands Mm -hmm. outlives them has children with them they go off on their own and then the the human is dying or close to dying and they move on to the next place and i'm like well that's really cool yeah you're gonna start seeing your children (laughs) yeah that's that is a pretty interesting idea you know the other thing is when you're when you are world building, if you have the opportunity to do it with other players, it's a great idea because just like any kind of brainstorming, someone will come up with something that you just didn't think of. You're mm-hmm. thinking in one line, you're th- you're on a set of tracks that's bringing you from one idea to the next. Someone is going to throw something in that's completely out of left field and you can react to it in any number of ways. It will give you ideas that you wouldn't have thought of that may work very well or be better than what you were thinking of. Definitely. And I would say when you're world building for a specific purpose, like a game or a novel or anything, only build specifics as you need them. Yeah. Have generalized sketches of things. Have yeah. a generalized idea of how it works. Like if you if it's a human dominated world, know that going in. That way you don't go into a place and be like, oh, yeah, elves rule this area. And that's totally normal because if it's a human dominated world – that would be a weird thing, and that's yeah. going to stand out a little more. So have those ideas, but definitely be open to morphing and changing things as you go, because you may come up with a better one. They may throw you a curveball that you are like, oh, dude, that's a great idea, and don't tell them this, because you know your DM's first job is to steal everything and make it your own. Yeah, that's the, the credo, for sure. But if they give you a good idea, take it and put it in there, and then... Yeah, you came up with that because you did. It just wasn't in that form originally. Sure. I was also going to say, though, that if you are world building with the people that you intend to play with, it also helps uh, player buy-in. It basically helps these people imagine the world more fully and become part of it uh, before the game even starts. So Definitely. It, which, you know, basically just builds commitment into the game and uh, interest into the game, that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I I'm, I'm probably gonna reference this campaign a lot. Mm-hmm. I call it Silence Divine, okay. Just, just so I can always reference the Silence Divine campaign. Gotcha. And when I had my session zero with these guys, I told them, you know, I asked them. I knew I was gonna pull a a switcheroo on them. They were gonna 
start in one world and then wake up in the quote unquote real world. And it's thrown him for a loop and it made kind of getting some other input on things difficult. But what I did at that point was what are some things you'd like to encounter? What are some things you'd like to accomplish as a character? That Mm -hmm. way, as I'm planning, okay, they're going to go to this place and then this place, you know, I can put in, okay, well, this place is going to be more keyed to this player. That way, here's the things I build for them. And here's the things that are set to be more antagonistic towards this other character. Or here's a place I can put a couple people that are related to this character. And so in that way, I have an idea and I've kind of made sure to speckle in what they're asking for. So when I go to flesh out a certain city, I can just say, okay, well, this is the one I wanted to put this in. But I had this idea. How can I make those two work together? Sure. Yeah. And in fact, I, I was ranting and raving about it on Discord yesterday, but I had a session last night and one of my players opened up with, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. I, I just I've got my bonuses for disguise and I, I just picked up a new spell and I've got these things going on. So if there's ever an opportunity where I can like plan and execute a heist, that would be awesome. And I just kind of did a little leap for joy because I knew he tended towards that way. Yeah. And I had planned half the session to be a planning and execution of a heist. Nice. And so that kind of knowing that input early on that he liked the role play side of it, but he wanted to be able to roll dice and he'd build his character a certain way. And he's been leaning towards this kind of thieving side of himself. I put that in there and then he on his own came to this also idea. Oh, that's cool. Um, that uh, it, Yeah, it, see, it's also like a, not just a sense of agency, but like it helps uh, when a player can take part in the world building. Is it agency? Is that the word I'm looking for? No, because it makes them feel that it's also their accomplishment. Ownership? Ownership. There you go. That's exactly what I said. They do have a little bit of agency in the world building process, so they get more buy into it. Yeah. And that... that- makes them feel more connected to things and it's rewarding it's more rewarding when they get to hear or come into contact with the elements that they helped shape you know definitely definitely that's that's why i i've i've had an idea for another podcast one that would be a world building focused one mm-hmm. another reason to do this it's definitely not totally selfish so i can do something else on my own it's definitely yeah, just for, for sure. rpgx crossing yeah 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 <laughs> Birched didn't hear a single thing. Birched, just birched, <laughs> cover your ears for Future a minute Simi. ago. Yeah. You know what we didn't do? We didn't introduce ourselves at all either. <laughs> and just well, I, yeah, because I know who I am. You know who you are. Uh, some days, yeah, I guess. I know who you are, and, and I know who I am. I know who someone is. I know what I am. I know what they are, so let me be. But continuing the line of thought that never was interrupted, definitely not. Not once. I had this idea for a podcast where Mm -hmm. you go through pre-written adventures and you break them down by, you know, chunks, explore them throughout a week where you look at like the history that goes into that area, Mm -hmm. what encounters are going on, the NPCs you're going to run into, how to kind of level it up and down. But the important part that matters here is and how to bake your characters into that campaign, because I think that's a lot of where pre-written campaigns can fail Okay, for that that full buy-in. Because if you don't have a personal investment in it Hmm. or your character's personal investment, yeah, you're going to save the world. You're a good person or you're making the right choice. But it's just kind of like, oh, I can do that in a video game too. Yeah. Yeah, What's the – what? 
what about doing this in a role-playing game makes it that much more unique? It, oh, this isn't just the, the big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. That's my mom. <laughs> Mama. Or I, yeah. in, in my, I'm doing Reign of Winter for for one of my games, okay. and they ran into someone who was the sister of one of the players, and it was just it happened to be a, another sylph in that was in the tower they were assaulting, right? And so they got up there, they saw this person, and I'm like, and you recognize her? And he's like, wait, what? Because I hadn't talked to him beforehand. Mm-hmm. I just asked him about his family. Said, did you have anyone? You know, any siblings? Like, I think I had a sister. I'm like, boom, there she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things where I, I asked him, okay, wh- what's, what was she like? And so in the moment, he's having to tell the party about this person that he knew, asking them not to kill her as my, my dad, who was playing one of the other characters, threw her off the edge of the building. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> it, it wasn't his fault. I thought you were going to say, it wasn't his kid. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, would, his kid was still standing there. <laughs> I would never drop my own kids off a rooftop. I don't know your kids, though. But it was just one of those things, and I've got a mm-hmm. plan for one of the, the half-giant characters later, and one for the little halfling dude. As soon as they all survive, they're going to run into people that they know or have had run-ins with in the past. Yeah, well, that's also you're bringing up to mind the idea that even as a player in... You know, when you're coming up with a backstory, you are world building. You're world, bi- you're creating a history, like a sort of avenue of history for that one specific character. But, you know, you can weave that in with the other characters involved in a game to create a more fully realized world by looking at different aspects of it. And then, definitely, then there's no reason you can't uh, expand that to be, you know, maybe the next country or the next continent and just keep at it. Like, honestly, world building is just the most fun part of it, you know? Unbridled creation. It's just creation for the sake of creation. And then maybe if sometimes you get around to refining it. Uh, It can can go on pretty much forever if you're you're so inclined, but... uh, so if we look at world building from the just the the most macro perspective where you're making a world entire. Right. We've talked a little about why you might do that. There, there's also the how, which we're going to explore parts of it later. But some of the big hows are where you get your inspiration. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about talking about your player, talking to your players, I guess, would be yeah. more appropriate. Yeah. Not yeah. just about them. You know, oh, so and so is a butthead. Yeah, oh, so and so is the worst, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely they are. But unless you have a crystal clear idea of what you want already, you may just know. Well, I want to do a, a, a unique world, but I don't know where to start. Well, there are lots of tools, as you might expect. I found a person named uh, Tiffany Monroe. Okay. Who actually sells her services as a custom cartographer, drawing maps and stuff. But she also has a website, and I'm assuming it's a she because of the name Tiffany, but sure. may not. They have mm-hmm. also assembled a huge list of all sorts of tools that you can use for either just, I want a random world, boom, mm-hmm. you can just create it. Some of them will actually populate it with cities and adventures, hooks, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Some of it will... Are, are really basic and they'll show you like 
terrain. Some of them mm -hmm. are really basic, and they'll show you, like, tectonic plates movements and how that changes things. Yeah, some of them are pretty... Some of them are also pretty complex world-building tools online. Right. And and I would say, unless you unless you just want a completely random, everything's generated and you're just using that as a jumping-off point, these tools are best used as inspiration. And that's what mm -hmm. actually what they say in their little blurb about all everything. Yeah. It literally opens with, can't draw? Question mark. Here's an extensive list of free generators and name generators. And but uh, it, when you got into how, um, the other thing is maybe you can look at one of these, like uh, Asgard's world maps. You can look at that. It will generate an entire map with, you know, countries and politics and populations and demographics and climates and everything broken out. You, there's no reason you can't take a map that has everything laid out and use your creativity to come up with the story behind why this world is the way it is. Exactly. You can definitely do do it like that. You you can also Asgard is a good one that I like. It's it's I haven't found a good easy way to customize the shapes you get. But if <laughs> you find a good yeah. if you find a good shape you like, you can actually turn off all the extraneous stuff and just use the shape. That's true. Which is yeah. really nice. Some of them like Don John's, it has a very detailed one. It'll it'll list out trees different tree types like evergreen versus like your seasonals <laughs> and planes and it's got a ton of stuff in a hex world map yeah but it's also all pre-generated it's got layers it's got towns all that stuff so if you don't want as much there you don't have to but they're also very easy to put into a or to get a png version of it if you want to use a tool like say gimp to go through and edit it I mean, if you really want to, you could do it just in MS Paint, you know? There's no uh, yeah. there's no reason that your map has to be hyper-complex. It just has to be comprehensive with all the of all the details that you need to include, you know? And, it, and I will say, I did, I actually just made a custom map for my game last night, mm -hmm. and all I did, I knew what I wanted, so I just looked up, I knew I wanted a series of islands that I could spread out. Yeah. I couldn't find anything... The way I wanted, so I found an I found a map with a bunch of islands on it, and I was like, "Well, I can cut and paste this." So I pulled that map into GIMP. I split all my islands up. I copied those islands into various places, rotated. I mashed them together, mm -hmm. and it took me a little bit of time, but it wasn't hard. So if you find the shapes you want, you just need to in a different order. GIMP is an excellent tool for something like that. I will. It's free. It's very powerful. There are a plethora of YouTube videos on how to do various things in it. Yeah. But you don't even need all that. As long as you understand how layers work, you can really easily work with it. And sure. layers are, I mean, take a piece of paper, cut a hole out of it, lay it on top of another piece of paper. You understand layers now. And there you go. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Simi's TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, this has been my TED Talk on layers. <laughs> But yeah, you've got Donjon, you've got Asgar, there's a there's a site called Kasun, okay. which also is another uh, world-generating one. And this other one that I found from Tiffany Monroe's site mm -hmm. is called Exper Experilus? Is that how you'd say that? Experilus? Experilus. Yeah, like Experilus. Per Perilous, but X yeah. that. And it'll actually generate an entire globe, if you want, that you can then flatten out into a flat map version it's it was a apparently it was a beta is what I was reading about it okay that 
it still works. You just can't if you play with the settings just the wrong way. You you have to back out and go back in. Okay. But I really like that because if you can find the shapes on the globe that you like, mm-hmm. you have a flat version of it that you can pull out. And so you can see it in both forms, which I think is super cool. You can rotate it. You can move through and see the tectonic plates if you are interested in something like that. Okay. You, Yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing. You can adjust a lot of pieces of it. I highly recommend – I'm going to try and make sure that Birch puts some of these links down here or at least the one to Tiffany Monroe's site because it's a super – Here's a bunch of tools that are free, paid, or yeah. all sorts of things. So I'm going to stick that in there. That's some of the how. And like I said, you can use it to generate something that you then use as your structure to fit your story into. Mm-hmm. Or you can use it as, oh, that's a cool idea, but I'd rather tweak it this way. And yeah. however you want to do that, totally fine. You got to find what works for you. And if you get stuck, talk to your players or talk to other people. Yeah, and so the, the, a lot of this is just sort of the map, the mapping side of things. But honestly, I think that the, once you get past the mapping, that's when it gets the exciting stuff for me. Like when oh, you're definitely. dealing with, uh, depending on what type of game you're running, whether you're dealing with, um, ju- when you get past the the mapping stage and you start dealing with mythologies or uh, countries or histories or events, that's that's the stuff that I find the the most exciting. You know. Yeah, and and I I would wager a guess that most people are going to start with something like that. Like my idea mm-hmm. started with post-apocalyptic world, right? From like an Eberron type setting where they had reached a huge level of magical technology. It was just second nature. What would the world look like as a post-apocalypse? And I kind of worked for backwards from there okay. into what caused the apocalypse and how they're surviving now. Some of that was also, I had a couple people interested in a game. And so the world idea first came to me when they said, oh yeah, I just, I really want to play this kind of game. Okay. How can that work? Oh, I have this idea. Oh, that'd be fun. And so it was just this back and forth where they didn't dictate anything, but mm-hmm. just the interaction with them. Oh, would you like a, a dune type setting where it's a plant, a, a desert planet world oh yeah that'd be interesting and from there everything just kind of spiraled out so i didn't start with the idea of the world map but i figured we're talking about the overview of world building let's give the tools for that as well today so like i said you'll start anywhere along this train and whatever works for you and you'll move back and forth and then yeah well i know I'm thinking back to the more basic element of world building that I did once. Um, a friend of mine had never role played before, but he was a big uh, Batman fan, comics, movies, the whole deal. So I said, "Well, I've got Heroes Unlimited, and if you want, we could play something that's basically like Batman. So it'd be an easy sort of starting point for him to get into role playing." So the the sort of world building we did was to create a you know Eastern East Coast. U.S. city in the 1930s, um, you know, just sort of tweak it to become your own version of Gotham City, kind of. Uh, yeah. So sometimes it may not even feel like world building because you're basically just saying, oh, it's our world, but you're still creating all of the elements to it. You know, the map is done for me if I'm using Earth. That's convenient, <laughs> at least, but and most of the history and politics, but then you can do what you want with it from that point on. And 
if this is a game you're going to run on the site, or even if it's not, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend keeping a list of your ideas in either a, a game folder or your if you're a community supporter in your community supporter thread yeah. or just a, a dead game anywhere that you have access to that's not necessarily open to everyone. Mm-hmm. Keep that list somewhere because eventually you're going to want to cobble all those pieces together into a full whole. And then we'll talk a little bit later about some things that you can use to present it as a complete whole, such as like World Anvil and things like that. Yeah, I mean, hell, you could even use a, if you had a forum on the site, you could even use it to create a sort of wiki, you know? Oh, definitely. If you're planning to run a game, you can opt out of the post the the recruitment thread piece mm-hmm. and just get the game thread and then build all the stuff in there in private threads yeah. that are separated. That way, when you were ready to run the game, you have easy access to all those pieces. Yeah, plenty of ways to do it, including the site, for sure. But with that out of the way, I believe it is time for Adventure Assemble! We're assembling the adventure ourselves a good old time what are we doing <laughs> i thought there was gonna be more that was that was, that was kind of nice i don't even like country music and that was kind of nice you know what i don't like country music um so in my collection you'll only find maybe a handful of songs but it just so happens the song i like the most of country that i can <laughs> sing the best is probably the most country type of song right Foolish Heart by the Mavericks. It's like it doesn't get much more country than that. It's like I don't. You have I don't like country. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that the Isn't that the way? It's like I hate country music and I can sing it like an angel. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> this is my. I mean, I don't like country music and I don't think I sing it very well, so <laughs> it doesn't always work that way. No, I suppose not. Well, I need you to roll two d six. You say that. You say that like it should be an easy thing. But yes. as I look around me, my kids have been playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm always oh, telling them to put away their things, and they never put away their things. And I, Except to, to a certain extent, I kind of rely on that, apparently. Um, <laughs> now all the dice are gone. So give me a moment. I'll just right. uh, find a way to make dice happen. What would you like me to roll, sir? 2d6. I'm a rolling six and two. Six and two, or eight. If you're Ooh, so inclined. Fun. Water and scrub. <laughs> mm, I don't want no scrub. Terrain is water. Vegetation is scrub. Scrub is a terrain that don't get no love from me. <laughs> huh. Oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? We've got water and we've got scrubland. Scrub is usually the crappiest land there is. There's something wrong here. Not enough water. Crappy soil. Too rocky, too wet, toxins on the ground. So maybe it's a floodplain? Sure, yes. It's a, it's kind of a floodplain in the driest season or something. All right. We'll see. We'll see. what. Okay, now then roll that 2d6 again. 2d6. Rolling. 6 and 6. That's, oh, no! That's 12. <laughs> okay, no. I, oh, for a second there, I thought you just rolled river. <laughs> that oh. That would have been... That oh. would have been... 
Oh, no, you did roll water source. Water source? <laughs> in the scrub. Okay, Wait. so here's the... Yeah, so here's water the... Water and scrub. You said water and scrub, right? Yes, because the terrain is water. The vegetation yeah. is scrub. The The unique structure or... What do they call this? Oh, landmark. That's what they call this. This is supposed to be some kind of landmark. So the, the examples they give are a spring, a well, a stream, a river, an aqueduct, a lake, etc. For water source. I like the idea of an aqueduct. I was going to suggest... Um... Like a sinkhole into an underwater or an underground network of caves, kind of like the Yucatan. What if we split the difference? We've got some flat sort of floodplain on the bottom, or sorry, flat floodplain is our overworld terrain, and underneath is a series of aqueducts that occasionally flood the plain from below. Yeah, there there's some water source here, and sometimes it, it overfills and it floods this area. Maybe but purging it from another place or something. When the water is low, you can get mm-hmm. down here and there's a cave system to go through. But nothing really grows here but the occasional moss and fungus. Okay. Yeah, I like it. All right. I like it. Let me uh let me make a note of that. Hey, you, you should make a note of that. Now, now, instead of caves, let's make it a series of constructed aqueducts. Almost like a, not a sewer system, but like a... Well, maybe kind of like a primitive sewer system or a long disused sewer system. And then what is happening? I don't know, man. What's happening? What do you want me to roll? Um, I'm, it's going to be a d20, but I got to figure out where to go because we don't ever, I don't ever no. remember. No. Oh, here we go. River and coast area. How about a number three? You rolled a three? Big old three. Natural three. Natty three. Mm-hmm. Nat three, bro. Well, well, that just makes you a jerk, because now I have to refer to chart 12. Oh, I love chart 12. What do I do now? Maybe 12 and 13? Do you want me to roll again? What do I do? You're so confusing. I'm not I'm not sure if you know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, that's okay. 20. The numbers are offset here. Okay, I gotta go to chart 12. <laughs> chart 12. Tell me what chart 12 wants me to do. Roll another d20. Natural 4. Ooh, I don't like that. No? Roll again. We'll still use it, obviously. But 16? Okay, so that gives us the evil fighter attacks. Hmm. The unconscious knight is found. Let's see what 16 on the other chart was. It's really hard to tell. 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. Aquatic ogre. Ha! Oh, okay. So the aquatic ogre has taken up residence in the aqueduct. Possibly the disused or sort of ancient ruins of, a, of an older civilization. That was much more advanced, and they had the network of aqueducts or tunnels uh, under something, which has long since disappeared. But the the aquatic ogres have found it to be a an ideal place to to take up residence. But around this watering hole, I guess the evil fighters what stop to water their horses or well, I I know I think we know what race the evil fighter is, right? I don't know nothing about nothing. I, I think we we all know what race this evil fighter is. is a, an evil fighter that would attack on sight? Yeah, we know exactly what race this person is, right? It must I mean, be an elf. Yeah, we we know it's an elf. It's Those gotta elves. be an elf. So, so, in their continued pursuit for powerful and or ancient technology, they this place maybe is, maybe it's been flooded for a long time. Ah, here we go. Okay. Maybe it's been flooded for a long time, and recently the water has receded for some reason, leaving this 
clearly perfect hole with clearly crafted tunnels within it. Right. That gives that shows them the the aquatic ogres and maybe they're trying to strike a deal with them or something or just get rid of them. Or yeah, or just get rid of them. They, they maybe just be striking the deal to to cover themselves. Yeah. For they to marshal their forces. But then our people obviously show up and are attacked on site because we represent a threat. Especially Edric the Bard. If, oh, no, no, wait. It's, it's not, not be Edric. Edric anymore, though. That's is right. It? It's going to be... Oh, that's right. Yeah. So so they fight They fight on sight because, you know, hey, it's ours. Get away. Yep. And... But we just stopped there. We just stopped there yeah. to water ourselves when all of a sudden we are caught between the twin threats of a an aquatic ogre from the depths and an elven attack. Like, the elves attacked and then the commotion attracted the the aquatic ogres. Yeah, I like that. Well, we'll leave the unconscious knight off because we'll use the other sixteen, which is the aquatic ogres. I like this. this well, maybe that maybe the unconscious knight is just why we stopped. I'll make a note that we rolled that as well, but I think they don't necessarily have to play a role. Maybe we'll find them later. Maybe they're underground somewhere. Mm. All right. Well, anything else you got? No, I think that this is going to be. I think this is going to be a good start. They always start kind of in a weird place, like a weird creative place, but it always seems to work out in the end, even if it this really time does. even if this time we're not following Edric. <laughs> and uh, let, let's be clear here, this is probably one of our more normal starts. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> A, a suddenly yeah. a suddenly exposed hole that people are checking out. I mean that you don't get much more common adventuring than that. That's pretty much it. It's it's Tuesday on the Sword Coast, is it? <laughs> Unexplained hole and evil monsters congregating around it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <Hey-o. laughs> so, someone call Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there are other places in the Forgotten Realms. Maybe they've been disremembered. But I think mm-hmm. with that. We done. We is done. Look at the moron over here. Can't remember stuff from a decade ago. Hey, oh. When the drums go bang, the guitar goes ka-ka. bang, ka-ka. it's my favorite song. Isn't evil elf kind of redundant? <laughs>